0: People, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Arsenio Buck Show. My goodness, guys, this race ended yesterday, probably, well, probably about 26 hours ago. Um, and I'm now finally doing that podcast, or doing this podcast on it, just because, man... Huh, as you can hear my voice, I got sick. Now the thing is, the body's immunity can only hold up for so long. When you're tired, fatigue, and so many other things... You are more susceptible to catching and getting everything out there in the world. That's exactly what happened to me yesterday. Oh, man. How can I even sum this up? Oh, you know what? I'm just going to take it from little by little and tell you who were the magnificent individuals who I came across out there on that course and just how ridiculous this course was and what did I end up learning from it. So, you know what? I started off. I saw a bunch of people, of course, at the gym. I work out at. uh, What is it? It's called the Lab Bangkok and... We finally, the guy and I, we arrived at the race after I had some breakfast. Uh, You know, we put our bag away. It was a a perfect venue. It was out there on the Royal uh, Royal Thai Army's uh, base. I don't know if it was a school or if it was like a demonstration uh, school or if it was like, you know, the Army boot camp place. I'm not exactly sure what it was, but it was a perfect venue. And you know what? I think they did a wonderful job out there. They had those Army Rangers scattered throughout all of the course. I don't even know how they got up there. Uh, but I thought it was just amazing, and, but you know what, the race was just horrible. So let's just put it this way, of course we start off, and I'm telling you man, when you first start off, you know, the guy was saying, hey, we're gonna take you in the jungle. And I'm like, okay, there might be some hills and stuff like that, but it's not gonna be crazy crazy, right? Uh, wrong. Uh, you know, he he said, take us in the hills, and I said, okay, how's he gonna do this? I don't know, what does he mean by taking us in the hills? So when we first started off, we jumped over a ditch... I saw some of the people I started the race with, but then we all broke apart. And the last time I saw them was probably after kilometer marker, probably two or three. So, during those, you know, during the kilometer markers, you know, we, uh, I forgot what we did, but, uh, we had to go around. It wasn't a bucket carry. The bucket carry was like obstacle number 17, but let's just say it was a little bit tough, especially going whatever that number two or three was. We just kept going up the hill and then We got off the beaten track. So we started going on to dirt. And I said, okay. And then, of course, the first hill climb came. And I'm like, okay, this isn't bad. So my legs are built. This is what I've been focusing on so much in my training. Building up the amount of strength that I have. So here I am climbing these rocks. Right, left, left, right, right, left, left, right. And the thing is, a lot of this dust is getting, you know, hit. You know, it's coming into my mouth, my face, and whatever else you want to call it. So I'm like, okay, this is really, really going to suck. Um... because then, of course, my lungs is going, you know, they're going to fill with this garbage. And then it's going to get, I'm going to get like shortness of breath. That's exactly what happened. Probably after KM mark, probably three or four. So, I just remember through like three to six KMs, we were up, down, up, down, up, down. There were a lot of people, there was a streamline of people. Because, of course, there were people that went 15 minutes before us, 30 minutes before us. We started catching up to them. And so after 6, 7, or 8, I was like, okay, you know what, this is really starting to suck. Because it was upped out and I was really worried about my knees because again, just like 3 years ago, I would get that pinch that's always, you know, it happens in my knee going down the hills all the time. And so I started running with this Muay Thai girl. Just so we could run down the hill, because I honestly thought that was the only hill we were going to go up, and then they were going to probably put us in a valley, go over one last hill, and then we'll get back on the track. Uh, wrong! (sighs) Jesus. And I said, you know what, running with this girl, it probably wasn't the best idea, because we were running downhill, and that's probably what, that ended up what, that ended up killing me. And so, I just remember, you know, meeting up with her at the bottom. We did a couple other things. There weren't that many obstacles out there. There were probably six. And then again and again and again. Guys, it was kilometer mark seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Around 12, I started feeling that pitch. Now, of course, I'm 50% done. A lot of you are like, oh, hell no, you're 50% done. No, 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 no. Don't get it twisted. Now, did that mental barrier go up on me? Around that mark, no, not exactly. It went up at 16, which was phenomenal. I'm really happy about that, because after that, I just told that little guy on the shoulder, I said, man, kiss my goddamn ass. There's no way, no one's going to carry me out of here, so fuck you. You know, I I was just, I was arguing with myself. It was so funny, but you know what? I remember we got to number 13, and again, I do apologize for my voice. It sounds like I'm very, and because, of course, my nose, I got some congestion going. But uh, right after that, we got to number 13, water station. Plenty of water stations, but by the time the afternoon came, all that water was hot. So for for all the contestants that were running in the afternoon, they are screwed. And so what they need to do in every course worldwide, Joe DeSena is going to have to figure out how to keep water cold on courses. Especially out there in Dubai. Oman, they're having it out there uh, next year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and a couple of other places where the climate is ruthless, you're going to have to figure out a way to keep it cold. I'm talking cold water, and it's not that difficult, all right? Now, I understand getting cold water up like, ooh, I don't know how much feet, elevation, whatever you want to call it. I'm talking, man, we went up, we went up a hill, guys. No, this wasn't even hill, it was a mountain, and we went all the way up and down and up and down. We went on one side, went to the base, went on the other side, and it was like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, maybe three to four times, Got to number 13. Guys were like, hey, no problem. Hey, yeah, you're going to spray spray. No problem. You're okay. No more heels. I say, are you sure? Are you sure? He said, no more. And he was spraying this beautiful cold water on the back of my neck. And I was like, yeah. And then I think another guy poured some ice cold water on my head. I was like, dude, this is good. And so I just remember there were two big walls. No problem. Cleared those. And then I started walking. And then this lady started giving me a push from the back. And you know what? It's magnificent because I ended up putting her on my Facebook Live because I saw her just right next to me. And she's like, oh, my God, that was so fucking hard. Straight out of Scotland. Shout out to May. Still remember your name. And so we kept on running. And then another big Thai guy came. This guy's calf muscles were, like, linebacker big. Like, l- American linebacker, like, massive big NFL player. And this guy was so funny because he had such a strong accent. And he was like, oh, I come from Thailand. <laughs> So, anyways, I told him that I couldn't breathe because, guys, if if I give you an inhale right now, it's like this. Right? I mean, that's a simple inhale. But yesterday, I was like, I had shortness of breath. Not shortness of breath, but if I took that inhale all the way in and, of course, exhale, I would cough. Because my lungs were filled with that dust. And, of course, I didn't cover my face at the time. So, I mean, I just kept on running. I said, oh, my God, this is going to be bad. We picked up a log. He started talking about his family. And then, you know, I started talking to him. Honestly, for for all of you out there who are probably going to listen to this podcast, I do want to say big shout-out to every last one of you. Just because I would have loved to keep up a conversation with every last one of you. But you know what? I couldn't. All right? Because... I had no breath. So for all the Australians, the, the the oh my god, I met everyone and everything you could ever imagine out there. Uh yeah, probably around mile mark about fourteen fifteen, we had to do the crawl. That's when my body really started giving out on me. And I'm like, God damn it. So I just kept on focusing. I got up, I ran a little bit more, and then I realized I couldn't run anymore. This big this white guy in a pink shirt, I still remember a White guy in a pink shirt because he looked like a... Uh, Chandler Parsons, he plays for the NBA, uh, uh, NBA team. He had just a lot of hair. He's lucky. <laughs> I got none. <laughs> he ran right by me. He was talking to me. and I didn't even understand what he was saying. But he was just pushing himself. I said, that's all right. I said, I'll catch up to you. I said, don't worry about me. But you know what? Things got real serious real quick. Because that 16 came up. There was no big guy. That big guy had passed me a long time ago. That guy is a freak of nature. A monster. And around 16 mile mark 16, kilometer mark 16, I remember stepping down, and in the left knee, there was a pinch, and when that pinch happened, my knee buckled, and I said, oh shit, and I almost fell down, and then I got super emotional, I was like, no, this can't happen now, but at the same time, I said, man, if I quit the race, who's gonna take me down, and I said, you know what, there's no quitting in my vocab, I will crawl. I, I kind of sided with that whole Martin Luther King quote. He said, if you can't run, you walk. If you can't walk, you crawl. If you can't crawl, I forgot what it was. But he said, it doesn't matter. Just keep moving forward. And you know what? I kept that. And I said, okay, Arsenio, just take step by step. Okay? You don't have to see the whole staircase. Another quote by Martin Luther King. But just take the first step. So it took about five meters. Five meters, I was like, oh, my God. There was no one by me. An Indian guy ran past me without saying anything. I was like, fuck you! You know what? It's all good. Hey, no no offense to my Indian folk. Uh, and so I just... <laughs> <laughs> excuse my French, uh, but no, honestly, I mean, he saw me buckling, he heard me screaming and everything, but he didn't say a goddamn thing, fuck him, uh, so anyways, my knee buckle and I was like, okay, Arsenio, step after step, 10 kilometers, there was just a slight pinch, so I had to straighten my leg out, and I was literally limping with just one leg, I had my right leg, it was going forward, and my other leg, I was just holding it as still as possible, but after that, I'm guessing whatever it was, the patella, the patella, The meniscus, whatever you want to call it. Something inside my knee, I think it was just overlapping. And then at that moment, it probably got stuck. But then that overlapping stopped. And so after 20, I was like, okay, Arsenio, just step, step. Okay, it feels better. It feels better. That pain threshold went from 10 to about 6 to about 4. And then it went away. And I'm like, oh, my God. But, of course, when I went back up the hill, some Filipinos had come around me. I still know because I know the Tagalog language. You know, I know what it sounds like. Uh, So we're going up the hill. They're following me. And, I mean, they were kind of like my angels. They didn't say anything, but I just felt like they were like my angels. Because... Boom, 17 KMK, he made a comment. I could barely even speak because my goddamn voice is completely shot. But after that, we got some water. And I can't remember, I can only remember vaguely. But somewhere around that area, I remember making a left, and then I saw a lot of a lot of other people. And I said, Well, that's interesting. And they were all doing the sprint. So basically. The beast was taken off the track completely, but it was formed into, of course, the race with the sprint. So here comes this guy from Mahidol. Shout out to my guy, uh, and and you know he had a a this thing over his face, and he was like, "Oh my God, man, I want to go go home." Yap, 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 gabon, gabon. I said, "You're gonna go home. Don't uh, don't worry." Yeah, gabon means basically go home, uh, and. I remember I was having a conversation with him that we all merged together. So we have all these sprint people. Who knows if they cheated on the race, but they were having a blast. All of these women did this sprint race. I don't know how they did it. I don't know in what time they did it. But, again, there was no one really running out there. Uh, So, oh, there was some beautiful women. We're even going to get into that. But you know what? Bucket carry came. This was the moment. This was the key moment. This was 17KM. This was marker 17. And I remember seeing this, you know, somewhat. I'm not going to say overweight, but you know, she wasn't like in shape like the majority of all beast people were in. And I remember seeing her probably around 17KM to 18KM. And. We formed, and there was three of them. He started talking to me. He's like, hey, where are you from? I said, Vegas, really? Where? I lived on Tropicana. I said, wow, I lived on Vegas Boulevard at Owens. You know, we were just having this crazy conversation. We went down, and I saw the bucket carrying. I said, oh, fuck me. And I, I'm like, dude, guys, because I'm looking at everyone's headband, and I know who's doing 7KM and who did the 21 or the 18 at that time. So this Australian guy with the radio is like, all right, guys, get the buckets. Go up that hill over there. Around the loop, come back. I said I can't do this and it's funny while I'm walking there I see this Thai girl and it's so funny she was on my Facebook suggestions just like you know ex- you know, a couple days ago and I'm like oh my god that's so funny and I said something to her but I don't even remember what I was saying at that time so I picked up a bucket I put it down on some cement and I said I can't do this I can't do this and you know what I just carried it to that hill and while I carried it to the hill uh, what was it I dropped it, and I said, I can't do this. I'm going to walk back. But then at that given moment, I looked just a little bit ahead of me, probably about 10 meters, and I saw a guy in his back. His back was huge. And I'm like, dude, that looks like that guy Vishal. Of course, Vishal another trainer at this, this gym that I go to. <laughs> and I was like, yo, Vishal. And he looked back slow at me, and he was utterly exhausted. And he's like, hey, man. And he just kept on walking. And I'm like, oh, shit. And so I went down. I don't know what it was, but I had that motivation to go down there. And then I just kept on walking. And then there he was. And I was like, he was crouching down. And I looked at him. I was like, Vishal, what's up, dude? He's like, dude, I've been cramping. And this is a big bodybuilding, just massive. And one of his eyes were red. He was going through hell. His wife just walked past him, walked ahead of him. She's like, come on, babe. And at that moment, I don't know what it was. But then I realized, maybe I'm not such a bitch. Maybe I am this man with an indomitable will to succeed, to win, to do this. And then I just took off walking. I saw two guys drop buckets. I said, come on, man. I turned into that mentor, that coach that I've always been. I said, come on, man. Hey, it's right over there. Start, the Finish line's right over there. Pick it up. Let's go. And I turned it. That motivation I had between one to about four kilometers, it came back. And when it came back, it was just fire from there. I remember walking. I I mean, I couldn't run anymore because I still had that pinch. All right? I could barely pick my legs up. I'm just dragging my feet, but I'm kind of walking with the purpose. Another guy showed up. The guy from my heat on came back. I was like, what's up, dude? And, and I mean, and so me and this guy's having a conversation. After that, we went uh, on these little hills. And, again, the sprint was with us. But, you know, uh, this guy just came right up beside me. I'm just talking. As a matter of fact, I skipped over that one. Shout out to the girl. I was having a conversation with her. She had a friend that did the Ultra Beast in Dallas recently. And then this guy comes behind me. He's like, they shit out there in Dallas. And it's funny, it's this, this Asian guy. I don't know if he's tired or anything. But he's like, yeah, man, I went to SMU. And he just went on, you know. It was like a quick 30 seconds of conversation. Then he was gone. It was so funny because those moments I love so much. Where you can just have a random personal conversation with anyone. And then you'll never see him again. See, that's what life is. I don't know what that intent was. But see, that's what I love so much about these races. But I saw another lady... And I went to, went to this top of the hill, and, I'm, and we were supposed to go over, under. And I said, man, fuck this. And she started laughing, but she was laughing so loud. And, and I, don't know what, I don't know what it was. It was just interesting. Anyways, I went underneath. I went up. We had to go through this marsh. I was going through this marsh with this guy that I met before, and then finally we got to the grounds. And I'm like, okay, we're almost done. It said sprint five kilometers. That means basically us. That would be 19 KM uh, kilometer, that, that was the 19 mark kilometer, so we did the javelin for I, the javelin throw, I hit that, went four for five, went, I kept on going, uh, couldn't do the rope, I skipped it, no burpees, to hell with y'all, I'm trying to finish the goddamn race, and, the other course, the other obstacles I did, I mean, I couldn't do that big, uh, what is it, the, uh, The big ball, I forgot what it was, but I actually did a sled drag. I don't even know how I had the opportunity to do that. But what broke down on me were my knees. I mean, of course, yesterday I walked perfectly fine. But at that time, my knees were swelling inside. Whatever that pinching was, it ended up turning into an inflammation. So the biggest problem I had was my knees. My upper body, I'm a little sore like in my tricep area and probably my lats, but that's it. So I didn't have problems doing that. So when it came to anything... Like, you know, on top. And you know what? I swear, at the end, there were probably about four to five obstacles. I finished all of them. But there was one specific moment where these sprint people, you know, they were, like, having fun. They were picking each other up, trying to do the obstacles. And here I am, the beast. I said, man, fuck this. I said, I'm taking my gloves off. By the way, my gloves are officially retired. Uh, Oh, my God. I've had them for about three years, and they're officially done. It's pretty sad. But, um, I remember Jumping. And then I grabbed one monkey bar, and of course these are the monkey bars, and I swung, swung, swung. I was swinging like a goddamn monkey out there. I jumped on to the next one, and then I got some momentum, switched back, jumped in the air, hit that thing, and boy, I was screaming. I was like 20 kilometers. These sprint people over here, they struggling. No offense to my sprint people, but it felt good showing that, yes, I was in the grit for four hours. And look at me, Arsenio, you are a badass. Just like what David Goggins said. He said, man, I am a badass motherfucker because I'm out here in the grit after all this time. And you know what? When we were on that main course and all we had to do were a couple more, we did the Hercules. And honestly, I don't know how we did the Hercules. I said, hey, man, we're going to do this together. And then I said, hey, Mahido, let's go. So Mahido, that was the guy's name. So there were three of us pulling this massive bag up. And so we did it. And we said, okay, well, you know what? We can't do it alone, so at least we did it together. We went over one more, and I said, all right, guys, fire jump. And I remember we jumped over, and I think they went ahead with me. And then after that, I was like, I win. So I went up to the girl. She put the medal right around my head. I had no energy. I got some water. I got a banana. I got this, that, and that was the end of that. So it's funny because all the sprint people, I'm not talking about any cheaters out there. No course cutting. I don't know. I don't know. They just didn't look tired to me. But all those sprint people—they were out there. They were like, "Yeah, yeah, we did it!" Woohoo! They were all happy. They were taking pictures. Like, like it's becoming here in Thailand. The Spartan race is probably going to become a high event, just because a lot of high people—they're going to cut through the course just so they can, uh, just so they can take pictures. So they got people, of course, on the fields that just take the pictures. Woohoo! Woohoo! And take the—it's it, just—it's like the bikini run, right? It's like when they first start off, they come around, they wrap around, 20 minutes, they stay there. And then they come on the finish line, not even sweating, just so they could get that picture snapped of them. That's, unac- that's unacceptable. You're not a Spartan. That's unacceptable. You're cheating yourself. And so, I know, you know who went through that hell. You know who suffered. You could see it in their eyes. You could see it in their walk. And so when I saw, when we merged at, at about the 17-kilometer mark, anytime I saw a beast, I said, oh, yeah, we went through that shit. He said, man, I started at 8.15 in the morning. It was 2 p.m. My time, I don't even want to look at my time, but it's not even about the time. My goal was to finish that. And that was the hardest race of my life. Because you know what? There was no one out there, again, that was going to save me. Yes, the sprint, that 17-kilometer mark, yeah, it got a lot better from there. It did. And there wasn't that much mud, so big shout out to you guys for not putting so much mud out there. There was probably just a tiny bit of mud. Not even on the, uh, what is it, the barbed wire crawl. There was no mud, and we had to do that I think two or three times. I think twice. No, hold on. Yeah, I think about two or three times, pretty sure. And one was on top of the mountain, too. So, uh, anyways, I mean, it was a race... For the ages. You know, I took pictures. I went Facebook Live. I got a couple of people on my Facebook Live. I uh, got my Trifecta badge. Uh, was it the medal. Uh, I, w- I probably won't get that medal until I do probably two to three more. I'm not sure because one girl had one of the most amazing medals I've ever seen in my life. And it was massive. And it said four times Trifecta. Mine, wh- mine was the first time. All they did was just give me a fucking badge. It's like, yeah, here you go. You pay 40000 baht for all these things, you know, for hotels and this and flights and everything. All we're going to do is just give you this badge. I said, wow, thanks, guys. That's wonderful. But you know what? It's not even that. It's what you overcome in the process. And, of course, after that, man, you know, we went to this beautiful condo, of course, by the other girl that I actually started off the race with. And we were just exchanging thoughts, ideas. I had a headache uh, way beyond anything I, I could ever imagine. Uh, it could have been because dehydration, a lot of things. Luckily, that headache is now gone. But, I mean, it was just a monster. And now, I woke up in the morning. Yeah, I was a little bit sore and stuff, but I'm still trying to digest everything. But I don't want to talk about the Spartan Race. I don't want to think about it next year. I don't want to think about anything. But you know what? What I overcome, that's probably going to come in the next couple of days. But what a monster that was. So big shout out to everyone that actually went out there, regardless if you did the sprint or the beast. If you accomplished a goal, if you feel that pain today, good job. If you just woke up and you're like, let me share my pictures on social media, fuck you. I'm kidding. It's a joke. But uh, no, not really. Uh, but man, what a monster that was. I didn't think it was going to be that difficult. But I am proud of myself because that mental barrier didn't go up till about the 16KM 16, 16 mark. And my knees were actually pretty good. My knee, I'm I'm sorry, not good. My knees are the only things that affected me. And, of course, all that dust that I started, I was sucking in on a continuous basis. But I'm very, very, very proud of myself. I cannot believe I actually finished that in the allotted time I did. So, I made the super, the sprint. Oh, man, I'm probably going to do elite next time. Because the sprint should be very, very easy uh, for me now. Because that first 7KM, that was nothing. And I was going up hills for about 3 to 4 of those KM. So honestly, I'm going to the competitive and the elite next year for sure. Uh, but in terms of the beast, I don't know. I don't know at all. So we're going to see. But guys, with that being said, I mean, I'm just so grateful that I've been over, been able and I was able to overcome that. Because not that many people have overcome that. I'm pretty sure a lot of people quit while they were on that course yesterday. And so here I am today, tonight, this, what is it, Sunday evening. Get ready, of course, to go back to work and whatnot. But, boy, what a monster I had to overcome. It was all mental after that 16KM mark. But you know what? I'm proud of myself because my body survived all the way up to that 16KM mark. I didn't think I could, uh, of course, train up to that 16KM mark, but I did. So now here I am. So grateful this moment. And we're going to see of course, what happens after this. So, guys, with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for staying with me on this journey. We're getting back to the needs and the greens and whatnot. We're getting into my man Stephen Covey's book. That's going to be happening tomorrow morning. That's, probably, that's more than likely going to be a live podcast. But you know what? I got to get healthy again. So, I do apologize for the voice, but you know what? I will be coming back very, very soon. So, I'm your host, Arsenio, as usual, over and out.